eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So while you're talking about the Chiefs not having to make changes, the big news this week, Baldy, is the Philadelphia Eagles are losing both Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. What does that mean for Nick Sirianni now moving forward? Because yeah, I get it. His coordinators were hot, right? They had the great offense, uh, you know, Jonathan Gannon and that defense. Uh, by the way, they take the uh, Colts and Cardinals jobs. So those two jobs yes. will fill. What's it mean for Nick Sirianni and the Eagles? Because he does have to replace people now. Well, we still have to kind of wait and see, because I have a feeling both Gannon and Steichen are going to take some of his assistants with them. So I've always said, Carl, I, I played in Dallas. I saw Landry lose one good coordinator, Mike Ditka. You know, I loved, uh, you know, Gene Stallings. I saw him lose a lot of good assistant coaches. And I always thought it was more difficult to replace good coaches and good players. Mm. And so uh, Nick is a good head coach, but he's not the play caller. So I think they can elevate the positions. Brian Johnson would probably be the offense coordinator. Uh, Denard Wilson might be the defense coordinator. We've got to wait and see. But, you know, Nick is all about getting these guys an opportunity. So if, if Gannon and Steich can go, they probably want to take some of these assistants with them and give them an opportunity to become coordinators, kind of teach the system, the program. Uh, and so there's going to be some big voids there. And, you know, most of these jobs, now that all the jobs are filled, um, I'm anxious to see just where some of – where Nick goes to, to replace some of these guys and how he does it. So – it's gonna. I, I think it's it's a pretty big deal in Philadelphia right now because we haven't seen exactly how many coaches are going to get drained out to Arizona and Indianapolis right now. Yeah, it, there's no limit on that, right? I mean, obviously the head coach, you don't want him to take all your guys. No. But we've seen it happen in every situation. When you take two or three, he takes two or three, and all of a sudden now you've got five guys to replace, not just two, right? I mean, that's how yeah. this happens. Well, it, it, it could easily happen now. We haven't seen, you mentioned 2016, the Falcons lost their coordinators. One of them retired. You know, Kyle Shanahan obviously moved on. But the last time a team lost both coordinators and one is, you know, was in a Super Bowl uh, and lost the coordinators to head jobs in the NFL was 1994. Mm. So we've seen like Charlie Weiss, you know, leave New England and go to Notre Dame. But we're looking at two 
assistant coaches, coordinators go and become head coaches. It's been almost 30 years since that's happened. It's a big deal. It is. All right. Uh, you were talking about Eric Bieniemy, and I want to bring this up while we're in this Super Bowl, you know, mm-hmm. moment talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, Baldy, I don't know why he hasn't gotten a job. And, and now that these jobs have been filled. So this is three hiring cycles, basically, where he went from being the hotness, right? The new hot thing, the Chiefs first Super Bowl. And you go, wow, Bieniemy's going to get a job. And then the second year, and it was like, okay, he's interviewing. And then now he's interviewing. And yes, if he gets the Washington job, it would be a lateral move, although he would be the, the, the play caller. But why is he not getting a job? Do we know? I keep getting asked this question, and I've talked to people, and I'm trying to figure out, and people around the league are just saying, look, he's interviewed a lot. And I'm saying, yeah, but what is he doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, you look at the guys that have been hired in similar situations, even guys under the Andy Reid tree, right? Doug Peterson didn't call plays. Eagles hired him. They gave him a shot. He won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So we could talk about those situations where, oh, he doesn't call plays. There's a lot of guys in this situation that aren't calling plays that are getting jobs. What's your take on Eric Bieniemy? Well, if you didn't say Andy Reid, you know, got a job in Philadelphia, he never called a play in Green Bay. You know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of those guys out there. I mean, John Harbaugh never called a play, you know, got the job in Baltimore. Um, it's interesting, though, Carl, you know, like Ryan Poles is a GM in Chicago, right? Like he left Kansas City. Yeah. Like he knew Eric. Bieniemy. He didn't hire him. Like, so I don't know what I don't know if it's the way he interviews, uh, his, the way that he communicates with players. All I know is I think the best thing for Eric is to get out of Andy Reid's shadow. shadow. Yeah. Whether it's a lateral move to Washington um where he's going to get an opportunity to work with a young quarterback in Sam Howell or whoever becomes the quarterback there with some really good young talent around him. Santana, uh, you know, Dotson out there, uh, you know, Terry like Cole, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, like all these guys. I mean, they've got a bunch of young talent there. Good running back. Yeah, good absolutely. Running back, you know, Brian Robinson. So, you know, he, I, I, I hope Ron makes a decision to get Eric Bannon because I, I, I think – we're all kind of exhausted, wondering yes. and asking the same question you just asked, Carl. Like, how many cycles? How many years can you can you? And, and I and I, I, you know, I was listening to Andy Reid in the press conference, and he multiple times after the game talked about Eric's contribution, whether it was some of those plays that we saw for touchdowns, you know, to to Tony or to Sky Moore, or you know where those plays came from, and. Did they get those from Jacksonville in week four and what they did to the Eagles? I mean, whatever contribution, um, you know, we hear like I even hear like Josh Allen in Buffalo go, we need more of what Kansas City's doing. Mm. Like these teams are looking and they're going, how do they keep coming up with these ideas, you know, and these plays and these concepts that other we don't see other teams doing? Like I, I, I know Eric's a part of all that. So that part. I hope can transfer and I hope he gets that opportunity where he can be the play caller. He is the designer. He is talking to the quarterback on the sideline. Cause even during the timeouts the other day, Carl, I'm seeing Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy. They're talking to each other about whatever it is they just saw or formations or what the defense is doing. So it's not like, and he's got the play sheet right in front of him. Right. He's a big part of this five-year success that the chiefs have just had. 
going back to those couple of plays, you're, you're mentioning the, the touchdowns. Was that a secondary breakdown, or was that simply the scheme that sets those touchdowns that were wide open up for the well, Chiefs? They, they, they saw something in the way the Eagles rotate their safeties um, and their secondary uh, versus motion, pre-snap motion. And they thought there was something where they just kind of like they don't want to travel with the player that goes in motion. Well, you saw, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony going in motion. They didn't want to travel across the formation, get caught. So they just they just uh, rotate and they caught him in rotations. And they saw they saw it against Jacksonville week four with uh, Jamal Agnew. Andy Reid might have talked to Doug Peterson about it. And they got a touchdown against the Eagles against it. And then I they tested it during the game a couple times, Carl, and they ran Sky Moore across the formation of motion, and they saw the rotation. And so then once they, they saw it on video, they said, we can start and then come back and reverse the field, and they're going to get caught. And, they, and it happened to them twice. Yeah, they did. I mean, those were like, wide open. Andy Reid – in Bienemy, they called it corn dog because they named it after something that they enjoy eating. <laughs> so they, they call that motion uh, where they start one. Well, I've seen Andy Reid do this years ago with Brian Westbrook. I mean, it's not like it's a new thing. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of teams have done this. But the idea is you use it against a team that could be affected by it. And it was clearly, once they got, you know, Tony for the touchdown, it wasn't long before – whether Sky Moore was in the right formation or not, there's some question about it. Uh, they got him twice on it. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dix with you guys in the huddle. We're talking about Super Bowl 57 and, of course, some other things that have happened this week. The other big thing, there's actually two things. One may happen. One has happened, and that is Derek Carr getting released by the Raiders. They're going to say $40 million. He gets to pick and choose where he wants to go. Baldy, it's the million-dollar question, or maybe it's the – $500 million question. Where is he going? Where is the best fit for Derek Carr? Now, he has options, right? We've talked about he visited the Saints. Uh, we talked about even potentially Carolina. If they don't want to draft a quarterback, he could go there. Jets. I think Derek Carr, first of all, is really good. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I, I don't know what the hell happened, you know, why the situation played out the way it did with the Raiders. But at the end of the day, if you put him on the Jets, and he's he's comparable, he's just capable. Jets win four or five more games, right? Quarterback was the issue for them. Put him on the Carolina Panthers this season. They win this division, not Tom Brady. I just think when you start saying, hey, Derek Carr, what is he? How good is he? I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't know if he's upper echelon, but he's going to be the first domino, right, to fall when you talk about free agency because he gets to pick where he wants to go. Nobody has to trade for him now. I worked with his brother this week, David Carr, and it was the day actually where Derek got released. So, um, you know, there's a couple, couple, you mentioned a couple teams there, Carl. Um, first of all, he wants the ability to do things at the line of scrimmage that we saw Peyton do, that we see these quarterbacks do, where they're they're really playing chess with the defense. And sure, so you can make the play call, but you're looking at certain things you need, you want to have that autonomy to get into the right play, to take advantage of what you might see. Uh, you've been in the league nine years. You know, he's out of, he knows how to read the defense. He's a smart, prepared guy. Um, it just wasn't a good fit. That's not how Josh McDaniels wants his quarterback to play. It's, it's not a knock on Josh. Uh, it's just what he prefers. Kyle Shanahan is very similar in San Francisco. Um, Andy Reid was like that in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. Uh, 
so, I mean, but th there is, but he did get what he wanted. So Dennis Allen and him were in the Raiders together. There's a real warm person market right there. Uh, you know, the Saints have a top 10 defense. Right. Uh, it's probably not going to get any worse. Marshawn Lattimore will be back next year. Missed most of the season. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the offense line has been it's been pretty good almost every year. They had a bunch of injuries last year, but, you know, they they line up their five. They're pretty good. I have a feeling, though, that Carolina makes the most sense. First of all, David's got four kids under the age of seven. Like, they're just starting school, all that kind of thing. You know, Charlotte is a good it, – it, it feels like a good fit for yeah. – a father with young kids in that environment. Um, Frank Reich, uh, I think, has had shown ever since he was a backup with Jim Kelly and what he did in Philadelphia with Carson. And, you know, I, I feel like he works really good with the quarterback. And I have a feeling like that's that could be a really good destination right now for David. Yeah. Um so I was in Houston when David Carr got drafted. Classy dude. Uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations. He's one of the best guys, just yeah. people that you'll meet. First time I saw Derek, he was a chubby little kid just throwing the football around the field. And yeah. it, it always amazes me when I get a chance to talk to him because I'm like, dude, I can't believe you've turned into this, this amazing you know, NFL quarterback. And then the following your brother's footsteps, you know, he went to you know Fresno State. Yeah. I mean, it was – it's pretty interesting the path that these guys take. And, you know, David will tell anybody, um, you know, they, they didn't build the right way when he was with the Houston Texans early on in that franchise. And so, therefore, his career gets cut short because he's getting sacked seemingly every other down and he's running for his life. And, you know, he's always telling Derek, you know, listen, you've played on better teams, but so what? You know what I mean? And they've got a, a really interesting brother, brother relationship. Yeah, they have a great relationship. And I, I think that helps Derek. I really do. I think that helps him have some kind of foundation. He, how cool is it you can talk to your your older brother who was the first overall pick in the NFL draft and say, hey, what do you think about this? I think that's a cool situation for him. Well, I mean, there's a checklist, Carl. There's a checklist. Um, you know, he's, he's friends with Brady. Like, there's a quarterback club out there. You know, Brady surprised us all initially when he went to Tampa. Right. Like, we, we, we had him kind of – Destin going to some other places, but you know, it turned out to be the right place. And so I saw uh, at the Super Bowl, I saw Icky Iquanu, the left tackle for the Carolina Panthers, real, real good guy. And I'd never met him before, but you know, I was just talking to him and him. You look at the offensive line that Carolina put together last year now, Carl. They're nice. You're, you're watching all those games yeah. in the NFC South and you're looking, you know, at Dante Foreman running the ball and, you know, you got Taylor Moten and, you know, you got Bradley Bozeman. Like, they put together a good offensive line. And they get another year of playing together with D.J. Moore. Like, they've got some pieces. You look at defensively, like, they're going to get their corners back and healthy. Like, I'm looking at Carolina, and it's a division that doesn't look really strong right now. Everybody is either rebuilding or making changes, whatever. Um, you know, coaching changes, quarterback changes, you know, we got to see. But – um, I have a feeling that Carolina, with the right leadership, the right quarterback, um, and I know Frank Reich a long, long time, I feel like that's a team. They were close last year. You know, um, it came down to the final, you know, couple weeks of the season. They lost to Tampa. But I feel like that – that they've there's a lot of things on that checklist that you would go, this is a good destination. 
Yeah, and you know what else, Brian? He hires, Frank Reich hires, right? You see this, Dom Capers as his senior yes. defensive assistant. Brilliant, right? Capers has done this. He's, he's up in age, but he's done this. He's yes. seen it. He knows what he's doing. He and knows then, his role, Carl. Yes. He knows his role. And then he goes out and he hires Jim Caldwell. Yes. Right? As a senior assistant. And the point is, guys, Frank Reich is not – he's like, I did it wrong <laughs> in Indy, right? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do what I did there and when I get to Carolina. So I'm not telling you they're going to win the Super Bowl, but to Baldy's point, there's some really good pieces there. I think they're an underrated team when you start talking about the talent overall, if you start looking at their roster. If they get the quarterback piece, it, it could be the, just the difference. And you talk about the coaching from Frank and the quarterback, and then you've got these, these veteran leaders – you know, in your in your clubhouse now that you can turn to and say, hey, Dom or, or Jim Caldwell, who are highly respected guys, yes. what do you guys think? He's got obviously one of the most talented defensive coordinators hiring over from, from Denver in, in Arrow or Eero. Yep. I, I like what he's doing. The point is, I like what he's doing right now. It doesn't mean they're going to win the draft or the offseason, but I think he's setting himself up for long-term success. I think so, too. Now, one thing about Frank – uh, that I learned when he was in Philadelphia as as the offense coordinator for Doug Peterson, is he's a great collaborator. Like, he'll take a lot of information. And it's not about him. He, is, he doesn't have an ego and who's getting all that kind of stuff. But I think, like, uh, bringing those veteran guys in like that that have been successful in this league and kind of like when you're just looking for that that one little thing you need this week or – to overcome this injury or just the ideas and the think tank type of stuff that coaches loved, love, they love that part of it. I feel like they're going to get good contributions from both those guys. All right, Baldy, before we get out of here again, subscribe guys in the huddle. We put out new episodes Tuesday and Thursdays. I want to ask you about Rex Ryan. Rumor is he could be the new Broncos defensive coordinator. Apparently Sean Payton is interested. It's out there. I don't know if Rex is going to get back in the game. I I, I love watching him on TV because he doesn't pull back. You know, he doesn't pull any punches. What do you think? Rex Ryan to the Broncos as the new DC? I'd be surprised, Carl. And just yeah. talking to Rex, I, I, last time I really talked to him, he was coaching in the Hula Bowl two years ago. And I was, I was around him all week. And he was telling me how much fun he was having and, you know, life at ESPN was really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, the, he gets these big checks every week and he's having <laughs> a great time. And, you know, some days I, like, no offense to Randy Moss or anybody else, I'm like, I just want to hear Rex. Yeah. You know, the yeah. stories. The only thing I would say, Carl, is, you know, these coaches, they get an itch. You know, they just do. You know, we saw Dick Vermeil leave the game for 18 years. He got the itch, you know, after doing TV. And, there could be some of that game day where you're having a good time in the studio and you're cutting it up with Randy and all the, you know, everybody there. And then you go, these dumbasses on the field. Like, let me go show you how you sack the quarterback. Like, I think there's part of Rex that goes, I can know how to fix this. Yeah. I, I can, I can do that. And oh, by the way, I've got myself, you know, this corner over here in Denver, Patrick Sertan. I got this safety in Justin Simmons. I know how to put this defense together and make them elite and turn this thing around. And, you know, and his brother coach was Sean Payton in New Orleans. So, 
you know, there's some familiarity there. Rob Ryan was there in New Orleans. That's right. Defense coordinator. So there's there's familiarity with Sean. Um, I'm sure, like, Sean knows he needs that strong guy, you know, in order, like, you know, the year they won the Super Bowl, Greg Williams was defense coordinator. They led the league in takeaways that year, you know. And so, you know, Sean wants as many extra at-bats as he can get for Russell Wilson in the offense. Um, nobody knows how to do it better than Rex. So I'm sure there's a conversation. I just got the feeling that Rex was very, very happy and comfortable doing what he was doing. Yeah, now, it's, maybe, maybe that itch returns. It's a lot of stress, man. I mean, I think once these guys get out of it, you know, I mean, you get out of it and you start going, hell, I get to talk about it and do this all day. And I don't, nobody hits on me. And, you know, I don't have to pressure the media asking me stupid questions. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff plays. But I will say, um, there's nothing like the game. There's nothing like Sundays. There's nothing like being on the sidelines, right? And that part of it, you can't replace. That part of it, you just you can play all the golf you want. You can you can play tennis or pickleball or whatever the hell you do, Baldy. <laughs> but but you can't replace that. You can't. Hey, I, I, from from just a fan standpoint, I'd love to see it. I'd okay. love to see it. Like I'd love to see. Rex, like, for example, like Patrick Mahomes has never lost the Denver Broncos. Mm. Never. Okay. So he's undefeated against the Broncos. So there's a part of me that says, let's bring Rex to the <laughs> AFC West okay. and see if Patrick Mahomes can stay undefeated against Rex Ryan and Sean Payton in the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, part of me wants to see him back on the sideline, just the bluster, just the personality. Like, I just feel like, we put these coaches in a box, Carl. Yeah. And they all look like the same. The same, you know? Like, I know Rex is never going to be in a box, you know? And Sean's never going to try to keep him in a box. He's going to let him be Rex. And so I kind of like when somebody says, I ain't here to cut, to kiss the ring of Bill Belichick. I, I you know, I, I miss the Ditkas and the Rex Ryans and these guys that just, you know, put it out there. And weren't afraid to say anything, you know, in front of the media. I'm with you. I'm big personalities, big fun personalities. Yeah. That's what we're. That's what you're talking about. I, I see these guys, and and you know, I love Sean McVay, but they're all under like the Sean McVay tree. Like they all look and sound the same, and it's like, ah, give me somebody who's not afraid yeah. to have the balls to say exactly yeah. what needs to be said. Yeah, and that's that's what we're missing. Baldy yeah. man, always a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Baldy uh, is going to be out. He's going to take some vacation. He's going to be back in a couple of weeks, guys. But uh, certainly subscribe and make sure you yeah, tell your friends. We're going to have a great offseason, Carl. It's going to be a great offseason. Um, you know, I've already started looking at Joey Porter Jr. and Bryce Young. And, you know, we're going to hear about those names for the next two months straight. But, you know, we got the combine. We've got free agency. we got the draft. I mean, the schedule is out there. And every football fan um, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs right now, they're still celebrating you know, is paying attention to this offseason right now. No doubt. It's it's guys, it's where your team gets better. I say it every year. Yep. This is where your team gets better. It's not in no September doubt. when the season starts. What does your front office do right now to get your team better through the draft, through free agency, potential trades? We're going to be all over it here in the huddle. Baldy, man, have a great day. Thank you guys for being here. It's in the huddle. Thanks, Carl.